0: Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Burning Hearts with Father Patrick O'Dottery A program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Welcome to Burning Hearts, the Bible study for atheists, agnostics, for unbelievers, for people of all faiths and for people of no faith. So, who is Jesus Christ? Maybe this would be a good time to take an honest look at who is Jesus Christ. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in still another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things one usually associates with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying his executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead He was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race, the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man on earth as much as that one solitary life. So who is Jesus Christ? I remember asking a priest friend of mine, Father John, who is Jesus Christ to you? And his answer to me was, Jesus Christ is my friend. Now, to tell you the honest truth, I was expecting my friend, Father John, to turn round and say to me, uh, who is Jesus Christ to you? But he didn't do that, so I never got to tell him. For me, if you were to ask me, and I know you're not asking me, for me, Jesus Christ is the teacher come from God. Now, you don't really... I need much faith to believe that Jesus Christ was a teacher because, uh, you know, Buddha was a teacher. Confucius was a teacher. Muhammad was a teacher. Moses was a teacher. All of these people are teachers. But for me, Jesus is the teacher come from God. And in my journey through life, I can prove, like, just intellectually with my mind, that 90% of the teaching of Jesus is true and it's a way to live. So I have to trust him. I have to trust him about the rest of what I can't prove. For instance, he said that he and the eternal God are one. Like, let me give you an example. Um, At one stage, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And when I do, I will come back again and take you with me so that where I am, you also may be. Now, I can't prove to you that there's a heaven, or even to myself. But when I listen to this man, Jesus, who laid down his life on the cross of Calvary for me, and he tells me there are many mansions in my Father's house, then I believe. I believe that when my body falls into the earth and dies, just like a seed will fall into the earth and die, that it will be raised up again to eternal glory, just as every springtime the billions and billions and billions and billions of seeds that have fallen into the ground and died will rise up in new life. Every now and again when I am instructing possible converts to the faith, One of the ways I describe Jesus is I say Jesus Christ is the new Adam and Mary is the new Eve. Now to understand uh, how Jesus is the new Adam, we first of all have to take a look at the first Adam. The great American psychiatrist Dr. Menninger, who died a few years ago, wrote a book called Whatever Has Happened to Sin. Now, I haven't read the book, I'm just a name-dropper, but I read an excerpt from the book. In the book, uh, Menninger conducts an experiment. He has a hippie-type individual stand at a very busy street corner. Now, this young man is standing with his arms folded and looking down at the ground for the most part. However... As every about 10th person passes him by, the young man points at him, stares at him or her and says, guilty. And then goes back to staring at the ground again with folded arms. Dr. Meninger interviewed every last one of these people and asked them, how did you feel when the man pointed the finger at you and said guilty? And without exception, all of them confessed, I wonder how he knew. Now, you may not know me, but supposing someday um, you are able to identify me, and you see me in a public place, and you walk up to me, and look at me straight in the face, and point your finger at me, and say, guilty. The only thing I can say is, you're right. How did you know? Well, it's the human condition. All of us are frail human beings and we give in to temptation and do wrong. Now, why is this? The great Saint Paul, suffering from the same trouble as we do, wrote in one of his letters, Who will deliver me from this body of death, wretched man that I am? The evil that I have despised all my life, this I have done. The evil I hate, I have done. And the good that I really want to do, I haven't done. I truly do not understand my own behaviour. The one thing you can be sure of about every human being you ever see is that none of them are as they should be. Now, how do you explain this fundamental flaw in the heart of all people? Scripture and the Church put before us the doctrine of original sin. It essentially says that the first man and his woman disobeyed God, and because of this, all of their offspring have a tendency towards evil. Now, you'll find this doctrine described in chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Genesis. Let me first uh, tell you a story. This is a story about a street kid, and this street kid opened up my mind, maybe accidentally, to an understanding of the scripture that I didn't have before. I'm bringing you now to Merritt Island, Florida, and the church was Divine Mercy Church. It's a great pyramid-shaped church on Merritt Island. Well, years and years and years ago, like well over 20 years ago, uh, late one night, I came across this Boy, about fourteen or fifteen years of age, and he was breaking into the church. Well, instead of calling the police, I let him go. And, you know, just just from that day onwards, uh, when I would see the young man, the young boy around the church grounds, he would always greet me uh, with his kind of New York accent: "Hey, father, father." That's the way he kind of would would talk to me. So a few years after this incident, maybe two, um, the pastor of the church had died, and we had shipped his body back to Ireland where he was born. And that day after the funeral was over, etc., etc., I was walking around the parking lot at the Vine Mercy Church on Merritt Island muttering to myself, as I usually do, and from behind me I heard the voice, hey Fada. And I turned round, of course, and it was this boy who two years earlier I had caught breaking into the church and had not reported. So he, he joined me, and as we were walking along, he said to me, There is a friend of mine living rough uh, out in the woods behind the church. Now Like a lot of adults, I asked all the wrong questions. I said to him, why is he living uh, rough out in the woods behind the church? And he said, because the police are after him. And again, I asked another wrong question. I said, why are the police after him? Well, because they suspect that he broke into a convenience store. And then I asked the ultimate wrong question. I said, what's his name? And the young man answered me, and he said, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Well, a light came on in my mind. And the following Sunday, I stood in the pulpit. And as you know, my name is Patrick J. O'Doherty. But I began my sermon with, my name is Adam. And I've been on the march a long time now and I'm sick and I'm tired and very soon I will die. And you, all of you are my children. You have my blood running in your veins, the blood of disobedience. And because of what I have done, you too will die. So I realized from this child's remark, the names have been changed to protect the innocent that when I read the great stories of the Bible, I can often change the names and put my own name in there. Like, for instance, uh, the name Adam means of the soil. And when you read the story of Adam and Eve, it's actually a mirror story. Adam is the story of every man who has ever lived. And the story of Eve is the story of every woman who has ever lived. Now, we're going to take a very direct look at the story as it's told to us in the book of Genesis. I'm in the book of Genesis uh, chapter 2 and around verse 7. The Lord God fashioned man of dust from the soil. Then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and thus man became a living being. I'm often a little bit Fascinated by the fact that when people are given CPR nowadays, they do exactly the same thing. They breathe into the nostrils of the person who has had a heart attack the breath of life. So, anyway, uh, God fashioned man of dust from the soil and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now, the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, which is in the east, and there he put the man he had fashioned. The Lord God Caused to spring up from the soil every kind of tree enticing to look at and good to eat, with the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden. Now I'd like to draw to your attention here for a moment that the Genesis story about Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden, there's no mention of an apple tree, and for some awful reason, teachers down through the centuries uh, say, Adam and Eve eat the apple, and that's why sin and death came into the world, and it doesn't make any sense. It's no wonder so many young people, when they come of age and ask themselves the serious question, why is there suffering, and why is there pain, and how come if there's a good God there is suffering, and then they remember this foolishness about Adam and Eve eating an apple, and they say, I don't believe any of it. If you listen carefully, it says the Lord God... um, planted a garden in Eden which is in the east and there he put the man he had fashioned the Lord God calls to spring up from the soil every kind of tree enticing to look at and good to eat with the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden so it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life and everybody I know has the, the knowledge of good and evil if you are walking into a shop someplace and the man or woman in front of you dropped a hundred dollar bill tell me about it you know right from wrong you know that you should give it back you might not but you know you should and if you stole it it would be wrong now back to our Genesis story we're now in verse 16 then the Lord God gave the man this warning you may eat indeed of all the trees in the garden Nevertheless, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you are not to eat, for on the day you eat of it, you shall most surely die. So from the very beginning then, the first man and woman were given free will. They were given a choice. God said to them, you can eat all of all the trees in the garden. Nevertheless, if you touch, even touch, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall most surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate. So from the soil God fashioned all the wild beasts and all the birds of heaven. These he brought to the man to see what he would call them. Each of them was to bear the name the man would give it. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of heaven, and all the wild beasts. But no helpmate suitable for man was found for him. So the Lord God made the man fall into a deep sleep. And while he slept, he took out one of his ribs and enclosed it in flesh. The Lord God built the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. The man exclaimed, This at last is bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. This is to be called woman, for this was taken from man. Now, you, you, you might be inclined to, to dismiss the whole thing at this stage and say, are you asking me to believe that woman was created from a spare rib, if you like? No, the message is very simple, that men and woman are created from the same stuff. They have equal dignity in the sight of God. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and joins himself to his wife, and they become one body. Now both of them were naked, the man and his wife, but they felt no shame in front of each other. So summarizing the story so far, we have man and woman created in the image and likeness of the old holy God. And then they're in the Garden of Eden, and they are, they are put to the test. God says to them, you may eat indeed of all the trees in the garden, But nevertheless, if you touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or eat from it, you shall most surely die. And then it says, now both of them were naked, the man and his wife, but they felt no shame in front of each other. Now, something went wrong in the primeval paradise. And when you see what it is, you will notice that the same things are happening to us today. The serpent was the most subtle of all the wild beasts that the Lord God had made. Now, we don't know where the serpent came from here, but as soon as he opens his mouth, we know who he is. It asked the woman, Did God really say you were not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? The woman answered the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden But of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, you must not eat it nor touch it under pain of death. Then the serpent said to the woman, no, you will not die. God knows, in fact, that on the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good to eat and pleasing to the eye and that it was desirable for the knowledge that it could give. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She gave some also to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves loincloths. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from God among the trees of the garden. But God called to the man, "'Where are you?' he asked." I heard the sound of you in the garden, he replied. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. Who told you that you were naked, he asked. Have you been eating of the tree I forbade you to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you put with me. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. Then God asked the woman, what is this you have done? The woman replied, the serpent tempted me and I ate. Now going back to the principle, that Adam and Eve are every man and woman and what they have done has affected us. Take an honest look. Would you walk around in public naked, in a shopping centre, in a public cinema, uh, down the main streets of your town? And you see the story here. Um, Adam and Eve covered themselves up genitally from one another And we do the same thing. Our sexuality has been damaged by disobeying God. And then the next thing that happens is um, Adam and Eve hid from God, and don't we do the same thing? You know, you could spend three hours watching the most incredible trash on TV, but uh, ten minutes of prayer a day might be much too much for most people. And, of course, we hide, conscience-wise, all the things we have done. We think we're hiding them from God. And then, uh, So here we have, then, the first man and woman hiding from one another and hiding from God, and we do the same thing. We're no different. Now God calls to the man and says, Where are you? And he answers, I heard the sound of you in the garden. He replied, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And you know perfectly well... That all humans experience fear, uh, fear of losing my job, uh, fear of death, uh, fear of my marriage breaking up, and so we're inclined to hide. And then when God questions, um, you know, why, why are you? Who told you that you were naked? He blames God and blames his wife. It was the woman you put me with. Imagine the finger pointing at God and then pointing at the woman. It was the woman you put me with. And to this day, uh, we're busy blaming one another. The women's libbers say, it is those men, and, and men say it's those women. I used to hear my father say, if it wasn't for you women, we'd still be in the Garden of Eden. I must admit I find it interesting that the woman, even in her fallen condition, tells the truth because when God asks her, uh, what is this you have done, the woman replied, the serpent tempted me and I ate. Now because we have disobeyed God, Adam and Eve and you and I, now we have to listen to the consequences of being human. To the woman he said, I will multiply your pains in childbearing. You shall give birth to your children in pain. Your yearning shall be for your husband, yet he will lord it over you. And it's true, isn't it? Women do give birth to their children in pain. Not alone do they give birth to them in, in pain, but they worry about them even as they're growing up. What will become of them? To the man he said, Because you listened to the voice of your wife and ate from the tree of which I had forbidden you to eat, accursed be the soil because of you. With suffering shall you get your food from it every day of your life. It shall yield you brambles and thistles, and you shall eat wild plants. With sweat on your brow shall you eat your bread until you return to the soil as you were taken from it. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Now again, isn't that the truth? I mean, all of us now have to work to make ends meet and sometimes we're in dead-end, frustrating jobs, and even if we're in good jobs, we always have somebody who seems to be superior to us, and in some way uh, we have to struggle to earn our daily bread. And then the payoff. You know, uh, we will have to do this until we return to the soil uh, from which we were made. For dust you are, said God, and to dust you shall return. You may have noticed some Catholic people on Ash Wednesday Um, with a black cross on their foreheads. What happens is they come to church in that particular day and the priest or minister at the church will make a black cross on their forehead and say to them, Remember, man, that you are dust, and into dust you shall return. And, of course, we get this from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 19, and the following. But now we are not without hope, because God gives us hope. A great prophecy is given to the human race, but interesting enough, it's given to Satan, the prince of darkness. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, because you have led man and woman astray, be accursed beyond all cattle, all wild beasts. You shall crawl in your belly and eat dust every day of your life. I will make you enemies of each other, you and the woman, Your offspring and her offspring. It will crush your head and you will strike its heel. Now, you might not have recognized the prophecy immediately here, but there's a fascinating prophecy. God says to the serpent, I will make you enemies of each other, you and the woman. Who is the woman? Later, Revelation will reveal to us that the woman is Mary. He said, I will make you enemies of each other, you and the woman, your offspring, the offspring of Satan, which are all the devils and people who work with Satan, and her offspring. Who's the offspring of the woman? Well, you know already it's Jesus. And then he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And on the cross of Calvary, um, Jesus crushed the head of Satan because by dying he destroyed our death by rising he restored our lives so jesus then is the new adam now we'll take just a quick look so that you can see it perhaps a bit more clearly adam the first adam disobeyed god he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil jesus the second adam was obedient even unto death death upon the cross he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep before his shearers. He was dumb. The first Adam uh, hid from God among the trees of the garden. Jesus, the second Adam, was not ashamed to be a man. He was born of a woman. He was like us in everything except sin. He was a working man. The first Adam um, blamed his wife. He said, It was the woman that you put me with. The second Adam cried out from the cross he said father forgive them for they know not what they do the first adam ran away from god he hid from god among the trees in the garden and the second adam cried out with his dying breath father into your hands i commend my spirit the first adam returned to the soil from which he was made remember men that you are dust, and into dust you shall return. The second Adam is a life-giving spirit, and he's here today. In John Masefield's poem, The Trial of Jesus, there is an interesting dialogue between Pilate's wife and the soldier who stood beneath the cross. She says to him, Do you think he is dead? Meaning, Jesus. And he said, no, ma'am, I don't. Then he said, well, where is he? She said, rather, where is he? And he said, let loose on the world, ma'am, where neither Roman nor Jew can stop his truth. And Jesus has been let loose on the world and nobody, just nobody, can stop his truth. Well, thank you for listening to Burning Hearts. My name is Patrick J. O'Doherty. I'm a priest and a a recovering sinner. I'm the pastor of Queen of Peace, Catholic Church on State Road 200. Shalom. FaithFit Radio and the Dice of Orlando presented Burning Hearts with Father Patrick O'Doherty. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.